Welcome to Becoming Heisenberg, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC and Netflix. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. This is for Season 2, Episode 2 of Breaking Bad, called Grilled. Uh, what do you think of this episode? I really enjoyed this it... one. Um, lots of lots of kind of Walt and uh, Jesse stuff in this, which is always great, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, so we uh, we got quite a lot of that sort of stuff. We got to see uh, the the resolution to what happened at the end of that last episode, which is great. Um, yeah, I mean, generally pretty good all round. I thought with this, uh, yeah. some good action pieces, and yeah, they're really solid. Yeah, yeah, I think this episode's fantastic. Uh, I did actually message you after, didn't I? <laughs> after I finished watching it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what exactly was it? I said, let me just have a have a quick look. Uh, just watch Breaking Bad for this week. Damn, that was good. Uh, and yeah. then you said that you hadn't seen it yet. So, seen it yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was on Monday night, but obviously we're here now. Mm. So. Um, yeah, it's it's really really good. It really really is, and um, it's interesting because it just continues to remind I think both of us of how good it is. Because we know we both know that this is a very very good show. Obviously, I I hold it on a very high uh, table in terms of it being the best thing I've seen. Uh, and you've kind of you know, said other yeah. things, I suppose as well. But it just continues to remind I think both of us of how good it is, and I hope it's doing that for the audience as well. Uh, for those of you that are rewatching. Uh, obviously, if it's your first time through, you won't know how good the rest of the show is yet because you won't have seen it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, uh, and you think about like the Emmy nominations and Emmy wins that this show got, and yeah, it's uh, it's probably one of AMC's biggest successes, uh, aside yeah. from obviously Walking Dead, which has you know spun off to different things as well. Uh, but yeah, the stuff with Hank and Tuco is great. The multiple scenes with Walt and Jesse was great. Um, I, I kind of realised in this episode as well with the Marie, Hank and Skylar scene and this isn't me putting the character of Marie down, I think she's better when she's involved with other characters' storylines and I kind of realised that because yes. yeah, you look at last week and obviously we, we had a bit of a moan about the uh, storyline being a bit weak there with the whole her stealing things and, and whatever, yeah. I think just when she's involved with other characters she's so much better like when she's talking about hey what might be addicted to pot and all this and that it's just it's not like phenomenal or fantastic but it's much much better and um i i just think that character works better that way which is good for this episode as well so yeah. um or like when she's because i don't because she is a i mean she's i guess we can call her a main character but she works better when she she's is. supporting other characters' storylines, but that doesn't necessarily make her a yeah. supporting character. It's it's a bit strange, but uh, yeah, that was that was much better. Um, and yeah, Hank in this episode being great. I mean, all all of the actors and stuff, you know, in in the show are fantastic. Uh, yeah. really, really well written. Just paced really, really well. Um, structured really well as well, and uh, it's just absolutely fantastic. And again, I'm just we. I think we both keep having this experience where. You know, we we know the bigger points of what's going to happen to the characters, but certain scenes, I was like, oh yeah, this happens and that happens, um, and that kind of thing. So I'm I'm enjoying it from both aspects. I think it's been great so far. So, uh, and uh, we'll see where the show takes us. Roughly, I guess. Um, I think that's everything we got for the pre pre talk and things. Uh, we do have the recap to get into, so we're going to do that now. But we do some housekeeping first, and then we'll jump into that. So you'll see for that in a minute. 
Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for kualu and the amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice that's $3 level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, football decided to give everybody a massive headache this week. Uh, I'm sure most of you saw the news, because this wasn't just like, hey, something is happening with players and the managers. This was something that was going to fundamentally change football. Uh, so I, I had people messaging me that don't even follow football, and they're like, Matt, what the hell's like going on? And y- you know it's different when those sorts of things happening. Uh, so yeah, over on the United cast, not just Manchester United-based, but uh, there was lots of other teams involved in this. Uh, Ed Woodward, who is the chief executive, or was the chief executive of Man United, has resigned. Not effective immediately, he's still kind of there. A um, little bit of almost like a Scott Gimple Walking Dead situation with that. But mm-hmm. uh, he, he is going to be resigning. There's conflicting reports as to whether it's the summer or December, but he uh, is in the process of resigning as well. Uh, the Super League, which was the big thing that was going to affect pretty much the whole of football, uh, is now pretty much done. Uh, clubs one by one are pulling out of the competition called the Super League. I'm not going to explain here what it is. You can go listen to the episode if you want to know. But long story short, it would have been something that would have ruined competition completely fueled by greed, which wouldn't have been good for anyone other than the people getting money. So it it, it just greed yeah. in FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this this was greed on the, just a whole nother yeah. level. Um, so yeah, but it has been pretty much all stopped. Uh, some of the foreign teams today have started pulling out the competition as well. So huge, huge updates with that. That that needed its own kind of episode as well. But it all seems to be better. And of course, we play against Leeds on Sunday. There is no midweek game this week, uh, but we do play against Leeds on Sunday. So big developments with all of that. 
<sighs> but uh, uh, over on the other side of things, on the gaming talk side of things, uh, more changes to other things. Uh, Sony has done a U-turn on their PlayStation Store changes. Previously, they had plans to close the PS3 and PS Vita stores. They've now reversed that decision, and those stores will be staying open, which I think is good for developers and preservation of games and all that kind of thing which is great uh so some updates for that some updates for e3 some uh, ubisoft events that are going to be happening we kind of talked about that and how you shouldn't expect splinter cell because why would we at this point uh we also talked about discord they've ended their talks with a deal with microsoft which would obviously have meant some sort of xbox discord functionality but that's now been uh ended and uh, we talked about some other stuff as well. I also gave my impressions of Oddworld Soulstorm, updated impressions, that kind of thing. So check all that out. Fear the Walking Dead, speaking of AMC shows, still continuing Season 6, Episode 9 this week. So that's still going. Uh, Batwoman's returned on E4. They threw the dart and it landed in a relatively good place. Uh, but... Um, yeah, season two, episode one of Batwoman, and uh, I'm going to be continuing with that season. Got a new Batwoman in this season, um, sort of a different character, weird situation there, but uh, that's the return of Batwoman. Uh, over on the United cast, the results side of things, I did three episodes of that this week. Um, Man United did beat Burnley, this was all before the Super League stuff was kind of happening, so uh, we thought everything was fine at that point. Um, but uh, Man United did beat Burnley by three goals to one, more goals from Mason Greenwood and Edison Cavani, which you love to see. Uh, another episode of the United cast, goodness me, it's been busy this week. Uh, I did an episode, kind of a bonus episode, doing my predictions for the 2021 Summer Transfer Window. Who do I think will leave and join the club in terms of players? Uh, who you, What you can kind of maybe expect to happen and my predictions there. So there's that. Um, and that is mostly what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on uh, podcast platforms. So let's get into the recap for 202 Grilled. Uh, so we get another mysterious, cool little cold open. I really like these. Really, really do. Uh, there's a car bouncing up and down uh, in the middle of a desert. There's nobody around it. There's no indication as to what's going on, which is the whole point of these things. Uh, there's some you know, broken glass. There's some just bits and pieces in this abandoned kind of desert place. Uh, we don't know what's going on. We see this car bouncing up and down because uh, you kind of hear the noise before you see the car and then you see the car and you kind of realize you know it's, it's, to, it's to do with that um and then it, just again as i said last week the blending in of uh, kind of the editing from of the transition from the cold open to the intro to the episode i just think is is done really fantastically well um so yeah really really good cold open what do you think of uh another one of these yeah, it's another wonderfully kind of slightly strange one. I mean, it, unlike last week's, this one does relate directly to the actual episode yes. and, and it's a sort of bit of a preview. But what I love about them is they are weird and they, you know, they're, they're very much out of context and the way that they're shot. As I said before, you know, they, they do cold opens on things like, you know, Hawaii Five-0 and those procedural things where you're you're dropped into the middle of maybe a chase sequence and then it goes back to sort of, you know, 10 hours earlier and, and you get to see the start of how they got to that point where they're chasing whoever the bad guy is or whatever it is. But in those situations, the cold open is like a segment of the, the story and then you mm. go back to sort of catch up with it. What I love about these, the cold opens here, is they really are completely cold. You have, they're weird, they're out of context, you have no idea what any of them are. Uh, and uh, this was another great one, because it's such a strange thing, because the fact that the car is bouncing up and down in its own, and I mean, yes, you knew what 
who, whose car it was because they showed the number plates so you kind of knew what it was relating to and the fact that it was bouncing up and down you can kind of guess okay uh, that makes sense it's a low rider that's why it's doing it but it's yeah, it's just wonderfully weird and strange, uh, and uh, they—I I mean, they do such a wonderful job with that. I'd love to know how that that those were sort of come up with. Whether they that's sort of something that comes from the actual script writing, or whether it's something that comes from Vince, or whether it's it's something that is sort of a, you know comes out of the mind of the director who who is or the cinematographer whoever is in control of that for the episode um i'd love to know how they they kind of come to that whether it's part of the actual script or they just kind of fit it in afterwards when they decide something will work hmm. yeah um yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of find out maybe some of that kind of stuff because it's, it's it's interesting mm. with because the first you know the season premiere is one that hasn't been resolved yet but obviously will be as the uh as the show goes on uh but this one is like a shows you a piece of this actual story for this episode and then kind of resolves it so it, ha- it has a good mixture of both but they're all very kind of mysterious um so yeah it's brilliant it's very very good so and again the editing with with the episode and uh to the intro is uh pretty fantastic so uh, Hank and Gomez are at work and discuss everything that has happened so far with Tuco and his gang. Uh, of course, he refers to that like, stumpy thing that kind of happened and everything. He, he, he was yeah. very, very proud of that, wasn't he? Uh, being in the front yes. stumpy. So, uh, but yeah, uh, he owns the room. Um, basically, he's just sort of you know he's got everybody's attention, um, kind of thing, and uh, it's it's cool to see and gets everyone to cheer uh, to start attempting. Um, a, a manhunt for Tuco as well because he kind of puts his photo up and says, you know, we're looking for this guy and explains the situation. Um, I kind of like the, I mean, seems like a very good sort of, um, you know, work, ec- work ethic in this place as well in terms of, you know, he's like, uh, I think he asks for, he- is it hell yeah, he says, and then they sort of say it really quietly yeah. and he's like, what, you know, what, what was that being very sort of disappointed and then they will start, you know, cheering it eventually. Uh, it's a yeah. good way to sort of, you know, get the team going i suppose yeah um and they're, they're kind of cheering it uh, i mean you kind of um because hank and gomez then leave the room you still kind of hear them cheering it a little bit then they kind of walk away a bit and the, obviously it stops a little bit slightly but yeah. uh yeah it's a good it's a good way to to kind of kick all that off i suppose which is great yeah i mean and that's a great scene and uh, the the way the Hanky's kind of controlling the room and the, you know getting them all fired up. What I particularly love is the second he walks out of the room, he turns to Gomez and goes, "We're never going to catch him." I mean, but you know, got to keep up appearances. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is just lovely. You know, um, the the way you know he's he's in there and he's like, "Yeah, we're going to get this guy," and then just walks out. And he's like, "We're never going to get this guy." <laughs> <laughs> I, I just it's a wonderful bit of writing and um, really sort of shows hank off as being this kind of big you know alpha sort of character of, uh, and uh you know the the fact that he's making jokes about you know uh if i'm sure you've all seen the thing about the 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 guy that got his arm ripped off you know you can find it on my website that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. just really funny um and uh it's a great way of kind of you know <clears throat> exposition that it's a great way of showing the exposition of sort of you know this is where we're at this is what we've got to this is where you know how the people connect just in case you maybe have kind of not figured out exactly who's connected to who and and that sort of stuff so i i thought that was a really 
nice way of doing it as well as showing off hank in his work environment which i just i love that scene i think Hank's a great character mm-hmm. yeah brilliant stuff very very good uh Having been kidnapped by a crazed Tuco, uh, Walt and Jesse are held prisoner in a desert hideout where uh, he takes care of his sick uncle Hector. It's his first appearance. I think it's his first appearance, isn't it? Uh, Hector Salamanca. Uh, Hector is incapacitated from the neck down and unable to speak, but can communicate with a desk bell attached to his wheelchair. Kind of a smart idea. Um, Could get quite annoying, obviously, you know, when he's ringing it over and over and over and over again. But uh, it's an effective way for him to communicate, which is good. Um, yeah. So he's got that. Uh, Hank and the DEA have rounded up Tuco's entire organization, and Tuco thinks that one of his associates ratted him out. He intends to keep Walt and Jesse in the compound until his cousins take them all across the border to Mexico. Walt says he cannot do this because of his family. Tuco then kind of goes over to Jesse to threaten to kill him, and uh, Walt says, "You know, you can't do this. He's my partner. I kind of need him," which was a good kind of moment. I think as well because yeah. you know you look back at some of the earlier points of season one they really just didn't quite I mean they still don't get on now with certain things but their relationship is is a bit better but hearing Walt kind of say that I kind of saw a little you know thing in sort of maybe Jesse's look as to you know that there's a yeah. bit more care there I suppose um, yeah. which is true because as as has always been kind of described from what was it maybe the pilot or the second episode jesse's the business side what is the is the you know the science the cooking side of things um which is interesting as well um yeah first appearance of hector in this scene uh we see him kind of watching tv and stuff um he doesn't like the channel changed as we find out as well um but uh yeah what do you think of this uh the intro to uh hector and everything i I, this is great and it's really interesting seeing hector now having you know watched better call soul and you you see how he gets in the wheelchair you know yeah that that sort of covers that in better call soul so um it's interesting you know obviously initially this was the first indication we had of him and uh you know we know he's going into this watching this we know hector's way more competent than um it initially seems when we see him in this scene um because i remember i do remember watching this the first time and that you do sort of assume that you know there's he's maybe dementia or you know there's there's maybe nothing going on there and as this scene progresses we you know over the episode we do start to realize that he's far more with it than first appearances show but um this is a really interesting introduction with Hector because he's just sat there as this background character and then becomes quite a major sort of force. And as we know, moving forward, he becomes quite a big thing. Um, and we see the reasons why for that. But yeah, um, this is, it's Tuco being kind of crazy and, uh, the the relationship between Walt and Jesse again, you know, like you say, we, we get to see a bit more of, of Walt standing up and making sure he's protected. Um, and uh, first mention of the cousins, which we don't actually see in this episode, but, you know, we, the cousins do pop up later on. Yeah, yeah, which are interesting in of themselves. So, yes. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, Hector, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what the scene is, but Hector's involved, and I think you'll probably agree with me here, Hector's involved in one of the best scenes of this whole show at a certain mm. later point. I think you know which one I'm I'm referring yes. to. But uh 
it's really like one of the one of the best parts of of Breaking Bad, and he's one he's one of the most interesting characters as well of uh, of Breaking Bad. So, um, yeah. I mean, there's lots and lots of interesting characters, but still, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a good introduction to him, and you know, seeing Tuca kind of like trying to look after him and stuff while still being, you know. Uh, <laughs> kind of off his head or whatever with with, yeah. with drugs and things. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a great sort of introduction to him. Um, but yeah, I d- I just do like the uh, the Walt moment there. He sort of like steps up a bit. You can sort of see in that in that moment where he kind of stands up and you know stands in front a little bit. Uh, you can sort of see a little bit more of that Heisenberg personality come out because that the nervous version yes. of Walter doesn't do that. Um, like actually kind of get in the way. I mean. Tuco's got, well, as we learn, two guns because uh, we see him with the uh, the assault rifle later on, um, which is interesting. So, uh, yeah, he's he's willing to kind of do to to a degree at this point. Again, you know, you got to kind of you got to be careful with um, how you pace the character development of Walter to Heisenberg because that's one of the biggest yeah. like the, that's one of the biggest developments in in the show. So you can't just sort of have him sort of snap, I guess. Um, but uh, it's it's good when you get those little moments. It's a good little sort of indication of that, I suppose. So mm-hmm. uh, after this, Jesse and Walt are told to empty their pockets. As Tuco searches through what they have, uh, he finds uh, a new bag of drugs. Uh, he also laughs at like some photos and says, "Hey, you're a family man," and this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, he sort of points out, and then he laughs at Jesse for having a, a I think it's a condom or something. Yeah. That yeah. he's got, which hey, he's trying to be careful. So, <laughs> credit to Jesse for that. Uh, we don't know who he's with or if it's just precautionary yeah, I, I, or whatever. Yeah, yeah I think but, it's a precautionary uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, he's got that with him. Uh, Jesse then tries a little bit too hard to sell Tuco on this by saying that the secret ingredient is chilli powder. And yes. uh, Walter has a bit of a go at him. He was re- it was, it's just... You can see how Jesse is like, okay, how do I really convince this guy to take it? And he probably was about to... And then uh, he's got, as soon as he says secret ingredient, you know Tuco's going to go, well, what is that? Because there's this yeah, lack yeah. of trust from, from Tuco. He just doesn't trust these guys. Uh, he's not sure if he can. Obviously, we know we can't trust Tuco. But, uh, yeah, just, just that little, it's just that little extra extra moment of like, hey, it's this new, you know, it'll make you really sky high and all this kind of stuff. He's really selling them on it. And then he just says chili powder. And uh, he's like, I don't like chili powder. Puts it down. And you can see immediately from Walt's face is like, what, what, what have you done? What have you done, Jesse? And yeah, then they, yeah. ha- they have a bit of a conversation about it later. Um, what do you think of Jesse's sort of mistake here? I mean, I, I yeah, I, I could see why Jesse was going that way. I don't uh-huh. entirely blame Jesse for this. He just gets a bit over. He's over eager in trying to get um, Tuco to take it and and goes pushes too far tries to elaborate the story too much whereas had he kept his mouth shut um or let walter take the lead i think you know that could have ended very differently and you could have ended up with Tuco just taking the drugs so um yeah he he goes on too hard and that's the thing that screws it up which is kind of jesse all over really but um it's a good scene though it is a really good scene and you know, I, I, and you can't entirely blame Jesse for the fact that you know the guy says, uh, he, "How's he supposed to know that Tuco doesn't like chili powder?" So, uh, 
you know, but it, it is funny. It's it's kind of a quite a good funny scene of. I mean, the entire thing is kind of very darkly comic because you know they are essentially trying to murder a man, and and trying you know the entire sort of that whole sequence is is them trying to kill him in one way or another, um, and uh, it it's sort of it is very darkly comic throughout the whole thing. And I think that's one thing Breaking Bad does so so well particularly in the way that Jesse and Walt play those characters is they something which could be played really straight because I think mainly of Aaron Paul and Jesse actually ends up being somewhat rather more comedic than it maybe would do in the hands of other people. So yeah, um, uh, yeah it, it's, it's a great scene though. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, just going back slightly, I mean, sticking with kind of the same scene, um, this whole, you know, Walter, you know, saying because like, he can't leave because he's a family man and stuff, um, I think that was a good sort of point to his, his character as well. Of, yeah. Uh, again, he, there's this sort of, sort of two instances where he kind of knows he has to stand up in front of Tuco and it might get him killed. I mean, they might not both make it out of here alive. They, they don't know if they will or not. Um, but him kind of saying... You know, because Tuco's saying about this this uh, travel to Mexico and stuff. Um, it's just again, it's good to see him just kind of standing up a bit more against Tuco. I thought was mm. I thought was quite good. So, um, yeah, and obviously there you got the the differences between him and Jesse. Jesse's got you know we we do see his mum in this in this episode, uh, but he's not really got the same kind of like family no. attachments. So, yeah, but uh, anyway, really good scene between all those and uh, everything else there. So, uh, Hank meanwhile takes a bit of uh, time off to look for Walt. Uh, Skylar is sick with worry and has been distributing handbills with Walt's photo, just like missing photo kind of thing. Uh, Hank remembers that Jesse Pinkman was Walt's source of mar- marijuana and tries to track him down. Um, so we have so Walt. yeah, this this <clears throat> this whole kind of sequence of uh, uh, you know the. Walt sort of disappearing and walking off, and then yeah. uh, they, the you know, Hank gets one of his friends involved to do the sort of missing persons thing, and Skylar's obviously quite stressed and thinks that maybe something is incredibly wrong, and he's got to throw himself off a bridge or something like that. You know, it's yeah, it's a, a really interesting sort of way of using these characters because I, I mean, I I do find Walt and Jesse far more interesting when the stories are with them or when Hank's in sort of full-blown action mode the family stuff i find slightly less interesting um but the fact that this is sort of you know the the way that they left the last episode where he effectively just walked out the house and it also comes out at this point that walt apparently has a second cell phone and they don't know why um you know, it starts to come out at this point that, that you know, because Skylar says, what about the phone call? And um, it's actually a slightly later scene where he's talking, where they're talking with Marie that he admit that Hank admits that he did actually trace it and it wasn't a call made to Walt's normal phone. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's interesting. And then he gets to the, Hank sort of gets to the point of trying to track Jesse down and of course Jesse's car's low jack so that's how they can kind of find it but um, I'm glad they didn't search the house because if Hank had gone searching through the house he potentially could have found a load of money yeah yeah that was an interesting part as well because you did have um, 
was it Walt Junior that like walked past because there's that um box which had the yeah, yeah. Na- the nappies and stuff in it, which has got hasn't it got the gun and the money in there because he laid them on I the top. I think so. Yeah. And then because Walt because Jesse does make a point to Walt uh, when they're like sitting in that in that house uh, about hey you kind of forgot um to bring my gun and stuff and he's he's emphasizing to him like hey that that was my gun kind of thing trying to take a bit of sort of almost yeah, yeah. Own, ownership of it uh but yeah it's kind of just because it's still there now i mean in yeah in, in terms of where we are in the in the timeline of this show uh it's still there now and it would be interesting if because i can't remember what actually again it's interesting to kind of misremember some of those little points from uh previous watches but I can't remember what does happen to that box, or if Walt just comes back and uh, it's it's all fine. I don't know. But uh, I was trying to sort of look at. Okay, so you got this crisis where you know Walt's Walt has walked off. Um, he got this like phone call. He walked off from Skylar, and it was very weird and odd. I, like, like I said in last week's podcast, it was almost sort of like possessive kind of horror esque. The way the way he just sort of yeah, got yeah. up and walked off, it was very strange. So you know, for Skylar, obviously that was very strange herself. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting to to kind of uh, to kind of see you know because obviously she's sick with worry and to see everybody else's kind of emotions towards the situation because when I kind of look at Walt Junior, he's often a little bit more I don't know what other term to use other than sort of muted like when you see him next to the yeah. you know the, the the computer and he's printing off these uh, leaflets and things, uh, he just seems a little bit more. I mean, you can when something that you're grieving about does kind of happen. I mean, they don't know what's happened to him, but they know he's possibly in trouble. You can, that can kind of happen to you. You just kind of have a bit of a sort of muted attitude. Um, yeah. I, I just found it interesting I mean, to look at like, cause Hank's the one that's investigating. Skylar's the one that's a bit worried. Marie's the one that's trying to like come up with other solutions. And Walt's the one that's like, Walt Jr.'s the one that's printing off these flyers and things. So I found that all very yeah. interesting. I mean, it's. I, I can't remember how this resolves itself, which I'm quite happy about. Um, you know, the, I, I obviously it does eventually, but well, at, at some point, he's got to turn up back home and explain the situation of, uh, you know, ex- get come up with some plausible explanation of why he walked away. Um, and uh, then you've also got the issue of of sort of Jesse explaining the car and all that sort of stuff later on. So, um, yeah, you, the, but with Walt himself explaining to Skylar, you know, cause he was clearly quite upset. I mean, he was about to spill everything to Skylar when that phone call landed mm-hmm. at the end of the last episode and he walks out to the car and then disappears. So he was clearly distressed about something and Skylar knew that. So, uh, it, it's, and then he kind of disappears seemingly of of his own accord i mean you know as far as she knows she thinks he's just kind of walked off or disappeared somewhere so um i mean none of them have any idea exactly what happened and certainly wouldn't have imagined this i don't think so yeah it's sort of interesting it's going to be interesting to see what excuse he comes up with coming back because I can't remember what he actually says to her mm, about me, me where he disappeared to. Yeah, so that will be very interesting. Uh, so that's all that kind of stuff. Um, then going back to Walt, uh, he tries unsuccessfully to poison um, a burrito that Tuco prepares with the rice and he's prepared uh, to, to kind of poison him with. Uh, Hector stops the attempt, prompting Tuco to lash out at Walt and Jesse. Tuco takes them outside and plans to kill them. 
Uh, we'll leave the Hank bit for for slightly later because yeah. this, this is um, kind of like peace. Um, yeah, yeah. You start to see a bit more of Hector kind of they d- d- doing something, I suppose, in in the episode. Uh, you know, the way he's kind of pointing at Walt, and uh, you know, every, every time Tuka goes to take a bite of this burrito, he keeps ringing his bell and stuff, uh, and you know, he's blaming him for being like, you know, a greedy old man, you want to eat before me and all this kind of thing, but uh, Hector's caught on to what uh, Walt and Jesse are doing. And this is this is where yeah. we go a little bit more back to the nervous Jess and the nervous Walter, because they're yeah. kind of just staring at Hector. They, they don't know what he's going to come yeah. up with, you know, what, what he's going to kind of do. And then he just completely swipes the <laughs> burrito off the, off the table and Tuco starts getting yeah, really mad. Yeah, I mean... The, this this whole sequence is is controlled by Hector, and yeah. it's I mean, you know, props to uh, uh, Mark Mangalis, I think is the guy that plays uh, Hector, because I mean that's a tough job getting that amount of of sort of character across in a character that basically mute mute can't move, and his only interaction is clicking a bell with his finger, um, and you know as we've seen in better call soul he's a great actor as well i mean you know and he's he's fully capable of you know he, he he's not wheelchair bound or anything because i mean he's walking around in, in so it is entirely a performance and uh he gets so much through that it's it's really quite a stunning performance from him and it's the first time we really get to see that oh yeah this isn't some some guy that's suffering dementia that's in it you know he's still in there very very much so yeah because yeah. i mean you know he he ends up um he he kind of rings the bell every time Hank, uh hector try uh sorry tuco tries to eat the burrito and the tuco sort of assumes oh he wants the bigger burrito so he swaps them over and because he swaps them over hector now has the poison one so he has to wipe it and he, and he knocks it off the table so tuco gets mad at him um, and then they, they moves on to the bit where they're back in front of the TV after they've eaten and um, Hector's actually kind of managing to get through to Tuco over the fact that he that he doesn't like Walt and Jesse. And he's like, well, why don't you like them? Are they trying to pull one over on me? And, you know, Hector's kind of dinging for yes, which results in him, Tuco, flipping out and taking them outside to kill them. So, um I mean, the situation is very much being controlled by Hector, and it's it's just a, a wonderful bit of writing and uh, performance, and I I really really love that scene. Uh, it's amazing the amount that you can get out of a character that is essentially mute and can only really move his finger. Yeah, it's 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 pretty incredible. Um, and you know, because Tuco asked, like, are they trying to punk me? kind of thing and uh, yeah yeah because yeah. he gives he gives one bell for yes and all that it's it's brilliant yeah i agree with everything you've just you've just said um but uh yeah it's it'd be interesting to see more of hector in the show and uh kind of see where all that goes as well but uh brilliant brilliant seems between all, all four of these these characters here so it's very very good um there's the next part tuco then takes them outside and plans to kill them Walt and jesse manage to wound tuco and escape uh, Hank shows up looking for Jesse and is confronted by a, by a wounded uh, Tuco. A brief uh, firefight happens between them. They start shooting at each other. And then Hank takes this one clean shot. I really like the way he does this. Yeah. And then just takes him out in, in one shot. I thought it was... You know, the, you can see the kind of composure 
from yeah. Hank. And like, what I like with certain characters on TV is, you know, when you're watching a character that you know has been trained by something, yes. whether whether it's somebody in like a superhero show or Jack Bauer from Twenty Four, or if it's like Hank from obviously this uh, DEA has been trained by. And whenever you see a character like this get into a situation where you think, okay, you've been trained by somebody really, really, you know, your training is really, really good. Get out of this situation. And that that's kind of where this composed shot comes from him. Because you have the kind of initial panicked shots from him, like when he's sort of laying down, taking cover, which again was probably part of his training. And he's just shooting the heck out of this car. Um, I, I thought all of it was brilliant. And then, and then you can't, because it's interesting the two different... I suppose tactics you get because Tuco's like okay I'm going to grab this machine gun and I'm just going to spray this car Uh, and then you see obviously bullets flying everywhere and that's where Hank starts to panic Um, but I like seeing the differences I guess between the two of them and then you know Tuco pops his head up and uh, and Hank pops it off I suppose (laughs) or doesn't take it off but uh, shoots him straight in the head so I thought that was brilliant Uh, of course there's a realisation as well from uh, because Jesse and, and Walter are trying to work out like who is this person what, that well, showed yeah, up because they because he thinks it's these twins that Tuco was talking about but yeah, yeah. sees that it's his it's his brother in law and uh, they decide to just kind of I wonder how they got out of that because you just you do kind of just see them run off and they've got no vehicle yeah, or anything I, so. I I can't remember I can't remember that, yeah, out of that either but, that's not a short journey so no um yeah. but I mean this whole sequence is great uh, again Phenomenal. um because you, you've got you know Tuco's out there he's threatening to kill both of them there's kind of a ditch you know a hole outside and um there is this there's he's got Jesse on the Tuco has Jesse on the floor Walter stood by the side of him and this is Walt and Jesse sort of working together because Walt can see that Jesse has got his hand around a rock, you know, because they've had this conversation about rushing him earlier when they were sat inside and Jesse's like, you know, well, why don't we just kind of bum rushing him and hit him with something heavy? And Walt goes, hit him with something heavy, you know. Uh, and that is, of course, what they mm. basically end up doing apart yeah. from it's Jesse that's got the rock. And, uh, you know, Walt distracts him by telling him, yeah, we were going to poison you, you know. And there's a little bit the Heisenberg comes out and he's kind of like, yeah, we were going to kill you. And that distracts Tuco enough to turn around for Jesse to be able to get up and smash him over the head. Um, And then there is the scuffle on the floor and Jesse shoots him Mm. in the stomach and then pushes him into the hole. Now, and of course, neither of them are want to be kind of full-blown killers so they won't finish him off, which is arguably what you probably should have done at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, But... Yeah, so and that then leads to him getting back up and and the the firefight with Hank. But yeah, I I agree with the the stuff. It's it's a great bit of acting um, by Dean as well for playing Hank as the the, the you know, as you see that him walk into the situation where he's assuming he's just going to find this little punk Jesse. That's <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what he says, I, doesn't he? Or, yeah, or yeah, and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, Jesse, I've been looking for you and. He turns around and it's Tuco, and he's like, suddenly you see Hank go, "Ah, oh, crap! Um, I wasn't expecting this." And then, but he doesn't ever really completely lose his composure. You know, you can see he's sort of the he's composed, and even though things are being, you know, he's being shot at by a you know automatic rifle, he's he's, you know, yeah, he's diving behind stuff, but you can see he's in control of it, and then he lines up that that shot and takes it and yeah it's it's a you know yeah 
great bit of acting from Dean and uh, just just works so well. And, and like you, I can't remember how Walt and Jesse get out of this. I mean, because we see, obviously, they don't want to be caught there by Hank because they want some sort of deniability. because nope, they so, to answer some questions. Uh, yeah, 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 you know. I mean, whilst Jesse arguably could have some excuse for being with Tuco in that, you know, he was kidnapped or whatever because they're really the same. You know, there is, you could probably get out out of it with Tuco, but it's very difficult for Walt to explain a reasoning for being there. So, I mean, uh, yeah, they both need to run, really. Because, I mean, had Jesse got caught there, it wouldn't have been good for him either. So, mm. um, Definitely. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 a fantastic scene. Just that moment as well. You know, the cars kind of going up and down and stuff. And yeah, he's just got a. Because did he only have like one bullet left or or something? Um, maybe. And then he's kind of like, I gotta hit this. Gotta hit this shot. No, because so. no, I don't. I don't think so. I think because he does change the clip. He does. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, the clip yeah, does yeah. run out, but he does change the clip. So so I, I don't think it's that. I think it's more just a case of this guy is nuts and and you know he's shooting wildly mm. everywhere and, and you've just got to wait for him to kind of give him a an opportunity for him to take the shot um but yeah it it's just a great seed all around that and yeah i do but i, I love the fact that you you could see the kind of shock on what jesse's face of like what the hell what the hell is hank doing here how is this happening and them kind of you know just getting the hell out of there it's it, just great i really really like this episode i thought it was so well done yeah definitely i mean because yeah hank if he misses like i suppose a couple of shots after that and tuco's then got another full clip that would be very very uh dangerous for, for yeah. Hank as well so i mean it kind of helps that in that scene tuco can't aim <laughs> and sort of sprays the life out of the car yeah yeah but uh still you know you could you could still get shot so uh, brilliant, brilliant scene. Just, just that moment of him just taking him out is, is just so great. So, uh, and that's the end of the uh, the episode. They run off, and then that's pretty much the end. So, yeah, we'll see what happens after that. Uh, let's move on to some feedback. We got one piece this week. Uh, but if you would like to write in, let us know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or perhaps concerns or whatever about Breaking Bad or anything related to Entertainment Talk, uh, Matthew at Entertainment Talk Twitter eTalk UK does contact page and information in your show notes. Jessica says, brilliant episode. I'm so excited to watch the rest of this with you both week to week. And even though the series is, uh, the whole series is out, I'm starting to see the consistency that Matt was talking about. David, what do you think? Um, yeah, what do you think of, I guess, that side of things? Well, the consistency. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, absolutely. The, you know, I, it's, it is consistently one of the highest rated shows per episode i i think um out there you know of any series it's the the consistency from episode to episode is is absolutely phenomenal and there are you know there's one fairly notorious episode which is but even that one um is, is very I mean, i'm sure you know which one i'm talking about but yeah. i won't go into it but uh there is one particular episode which is very polarizing um in, in terms of some people really really love it and some people really really hate it i i tend to fall on the sort of really liking that episode side because it is wonderfully weird and uh it, it but but 
generally across the entire run uh, yeah there are ups and downs in in little places we talked a little bit about the marie storyline but i mean overall it is solidly consistent and gets better every season as well which is rare for any tv show you know usually they kind of settle into a groove and it gets progressively sort of you know it will go down a bit after the first season maybe well they're trying to figure out ideas you can tell that he knew what he was doing right from the start. He knew where it was going. He knew this was this was the arc that it was going on, and um, just he's, he's solid throughout. Uh, he, he really is a phenomenally well written and planned and organised show. This so mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think one of something that helps this show quite a lot, uh, other than its you know qualities that you just mentioned is the fact that Vince was like, okay, I have this plan with this show, it's gonna end we have an end game set up from the pilot, pretty much, and you're just gonna see how they get to that point. Um mm. and and the surprising amount of shows these days, unless it's maybe like a limited series or maybe if it's based off a book, maybe you can make an exception for those. But a surprising amount of T V shows don't set up really an endgame until a lot later, especially in the in 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 the last couple of years. I mean, yeah. you've had you've had certain different shows like Lost. Lost was like, okay, people crashed yeah. on, people crashed on an island. How do they get off of the island? Yeah. You have an endgame kind of set up. Obviously, they did some other stuff with the show as well. Um, Game of Thrones. It was like, okay, you have a bunch of these different families or groups of people. You know, who's gonna win the Iron Throne? And then, you know, how do you take care of the the White Walkers and stuff? It had, and again, that was, uh, I guess that's an exception as well. It was based off a a book, even though that book isn't finished. But, uh, (laughs) but, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, Lost, Breaking Bad, and, uh, I mean, in terms of uh, original shows, because those are things that are are original, those had ideas from the start. I mean, there might be other shows I haven't seen that have had ideas. Well, I there are are a few that stick out. In, in terms of on, on sort of both sides of things. So Heroes is a great example of a show that had a absolutely fabulous first season because it had a well thought out, well contained story. And then it got picked up for a second season and it fell to bits because they didn't know where to go with it. Nobody had really thought past that first season. And Lost had maybe a vague idea of where it was going to end. But the problem with that was they got picked up and it became such a massive phenomenal hit that they wanted it to go on for season after season after season. And, and they had a bunch of space to fill before they got to the end of it. So it got very lost in, in the <laughs> middle, you know, and, and it, it went all over the place. So um, in some places they have a sort of vague plan. I mean, one, one show, which, is a really interesting mix is supernatural because supernatural when it was originally conceived, it was conceived as a five season arc. And, um, he had the, uh, the Eric Kripke had a, a, a five season arc planned for that. So he knew where it was going and, uh, he did the first five seasons and then it got passed on to other people and you know, ran on for like another 12. So, you know it that, that went on for a long time and did a really good job you know by that point they they took it in all sorts of weird and wonderful directions but i they the original idea if you actually watch those first five seasons of supernatural there is a very definite end point um which which is where the show was originally planned as ending 
but it then carried on and i you know they they did a great job with managing what they could do and where they could go with that story afterwards and kept it going for a long long time and it just became you know fun and silly and you know it i i think they did a superb job with that but they there wasn't a sort of overarching story for those first five seasons then you've got you know as i say other shows like heroes which just had no clue and there are certain shows that you look at where they're a really interesting idea but where do you go after that first season's done and if i was commissioning a tv show now i'd be like okay that's great what's your five-year plan for it you know um i love the idea i love the concept i love for the first season but i want to know if this is going to be on air for you know at least five seasons i want to know what you've got planned for two three four and five you know i i don't need to know every the details of every single episode but i want to know you have a solid story arc for that i mean game of thrones is an oddity because of the fact that there was a definite plan for um where they were going to end up but as well widely publicized that final season should have been at least two seasons and um full length seasons it should have been like 20 episodes instead of compressed into what six or eight or whatever it was that they did for that final season final season yeah yeah six for the final season which was way way too short and that's the thing that killed it and uh, you know was the fact that the the guys running it decided they didn't want to do it anymore and wanted to rush off and do something else and and they completely bungled the ending because of the fact that they tried to cram way way six episodes so Mm -hmm. um things didn't get resolved so that that's a sort of oddity from the other point of view in that you know they did know where that was going and then managed to screw up the end because they tried to get out too quick so yeah yeah, it's so funny with the Game of Thrones situation because I kind of think back on that sometimes and think, okay, if these two guys just kind of wanted to get out of it, why didn't you just like change showrunner or something? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean that that would have, what they should have done is kept that going for another two or three seasons, and and the the guys you know uh, Dan and David running it, Dan and David that were running it really should have had the guts to say, hey, you know we love the show and we'll stick around as exec producers, but we're going to hand off the show running to one of the many, many, many other talented people that were involved in that show and should have been prepared to hand it off and let somebody else run it for the last couple of seasons, you know, because, uh, I mean, it wasn't something that was going to go on forever, but it needed way more than those six episodes to be able to satisfactorily tell the rest of the story for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, but, but you, you've got other examples as well of like limited series, so things like because I'm watching uh, Defending Jacob at the moment on uh, yeah. Apple TV. I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know how it ends. But there's an idea of okay, this thing happens, and a kid in the show called Jacob needs defending because he's been blamed for it. Uh, we don't know if he did or didn't do it. I haven't finished the ser- series, uh, and things are unbelievable as well. You know, this uh, assault case and everything. Yeah, um, you have an ending sort of idea there so yeah yeah just yeah in terms of like original new shows that aren't limited and aren't based off of something so like a breaking bad there within the last i would say three to five years maybe at least if not even before that certain shows have just sort of been okay here's a pitch for our start but we don't have a plan it's like what you said if if you're pitching a show to a network or whatever it would be a much better idea to say, okay, that's your first season picture of this idea. Where does it go after that? Yeah. Uh, and I think some shows do struggle with that. Um, yeah. So, 
yeah i i yeah and i i think there are a lot of shows that that do come in and and execs get all excited because of a really interesting sounding idea there's a show running on nbc in the u.s called debris right now which i haven't seen any of but it's one of those shows that you do look at and think i hope they've got a plan for that over what, sort what of is that? a number number of years it's a sci-fi um it's a sci-fi series. I won't go into explaining exactly what it is, but it's a it's a sci-fi series, and it is one of those shows that it's a bit X Filesy, and you do kind of think, I, you know, I this sounds like a solid, interesting idea for a first season, but I hope you've got you know where you're going with it, you know, because if you get picked up for a second season, uh, there was what was the the ABC one that the uh, Emergence was another one, which I really enjoyed the first season of that, but you wanted to make sure and it did only last for one season unfortunately it got canned but you wanted to know that had that got on they had had somewhere to go with it you know mm-hmm. um there are a lot of shows that come out like that and and you do i mean you, you do kind of think i i hope they've they've actually thought about this past one season you know um and then, as you say, you've got you've got really interested limited seasons like uh, what they did with uh, the Walking Dead World Beyond, where they came out and said, OK, we've got a story to tell. It's two seasons and that'll be it, you know, which is great. I'd much rather they did that because, you know, you're going to get a complete thing mm-hmm. out of it, you know, or Watchmen. Yeah. I mean, Watchmen, absolutely phenomenal, probably one of the best things on TV um, in recent years. And uh that is a single self-contained story and ironically that potentially could have gone somewhere else at the end but they he had a story to tell and that was what he wanted to tell so that's where he went with it you know mm-hmm. yeah uh just thinking about now goodness me the amount of websites that were like watchman's been cancelled after one seat no shut up <laughs> yeah 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 so Anyway, uh, but that's quite a few examples there. But uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Jessica, on this ride so far. Um, it is tempting to yeah just kind of watch the next ones and stuff. But uh, obviously, we keep being to the, the weekly format here and everything. So uh, we should keep doing that. Uh, but thank you all very much for listening. Uh, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org uh, for TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts as well. Um, just one other thing on the Man United side of things. There is supposed to be, I've been reading in the last, like, this morning and stuff, uh, there's supposed to be a protest outside Old Trafford on uh, Saturday, because basically we want to get rid of the owners. So I will see how that goes down as well. Uh, So, yeah, but uh, in the meantime, if you want to either listen to the rest of our podcasts or uh, support Entertainment Talk, you can, of course, do those things. Uh, Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers for ad-free podcast and review options. Uh, Word of mouth and social media. You could tell people that you know to uh, come and find our content, Entertainment Talk, uh, search for us on podcast platforms, all that kind of thing, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook groups, you know, sh- share them around in, in those places if you can, that would be great. Uh, David is, of course, running Geek Town, geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio for your up-to-date, reliable TV and film news. Uh, there's a new episode from yesterday available, so go and listen to that one as well. Um, 
so I've, I've listened to about half of it, so I'm going to listen to the, the rest uh, this afternoon. So uh, go and check that one out. Geek Town Radio episodes come out. Sorry, Geek Town Radio episodes come out on Tuesdays. Have a look out for those. Uh, Beck still streams quite regularly on Twitch. I think she's almost doing every day uh, on uh, Twitch. Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there and you'll be notified when she goes live. Lots of interesting, cool, funny stuff over there that she's doing. Uh, and some charity work as well, which is which has been great. So you can check her out over there. You could also find me on Twitch, uh, eTalkUK. If you give me a follow over there, you'll be notified when I go live. Uh, if you miss the Twitch streams that we do on Entertainment Talk, uh, you can also find them later on YouTube when they're put up as archives on Entertainment Talk Plays on YouTube as well. So please check that out. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you for episode three and see how Walt and Jesse get home. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.